Can you name a city that hosted a game at the 2002 World Cup? Should we say Tokyo? Out straight away. Whoa! What? Oh, what are the greatest answers of all time? OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Now then, you're very welcome back. So we are looking ahead to what should be a brilliant uh, weekend's hurling. Semi-final weekend has become one of those weekends that is not to be missed in the hurling calendar and it lines up as follows. Kilkenny against Clare is Saturday half past five throwing. We have Limerick against Galway on the Sunday at half past three. To preview, very up to say, we are joined by All-Ireland winners both. Jamesy O'Connor, you're there, Jamesy? Joe, yeah, how are things? And Eddie Brennan, good to talk to you again. Hello. Good evening, Joe. You made it home. Yes, we were in Derry last week at a road show and uh, there was a great crowd there and afterwards we sat up and had a beer too, listened to Brennan Deveni tell stories. The big takeaway I had, Eddie, is that when you hear Brennan Deveni tell you stories, you realise you haven't lived very much. You've lived a sheltered life generally by comparison. Yeah, no, she's uh, an enjoyable couple of, couple of drinks, uh, real character and uh, I, I can't wait for his book. <laughs> <laughs> it's with the lawyers so yeah. uh, to look ahead to the weekend we might just take a diversion by glancing back at the Kilkenny Clare rivalry so I, I, we were just chatting yesterday and try, thinking is this a, a storied rivalry or one that goes back the decades and it's it's really interesting in that effectively Kilkenny and Clare don't play each other but it, it really bubbled up during your time so in championship history Kilkenny and Clare have only played each other seven times total now the first of them was in 1932 when Laurie Maher was doing his thing and Kilkenny won the All-Ireland final it was 3-3 to 2-3 in 1932 so that was the first of seven the other six all come extraordinarily really they all come between 97 and 06 so it kind of bubbled up and there was a 2002 All-Ireland final which people will remember so Clare to kick off that mini period of the rivalry Clare were winners in 1997 and then there was one draw in there and Kilkenny won the rest so I was kind of curious to get a sense even from your point of view Eddie when I would think of that period from Kilkenny's viewpoint, it would be very much about the Cork rivalry, and that's how people would remember that period, Kilkenny and Cork tussling it out. I don't know how to ask this politely. Did you see Clare? Like, sometimes a team thinks they have a rivalry with another team, but the other team knows that's not really. We kind of have them taken care of. Did you see that Clare team as a, as a big rival during that time? No, and uh, I think quite the opposite. They were the benchmark, really. Um, they were definitely the benchmark in terms of bringing, we'll say, hurling forward in, in relation to physical fitness and kind of that high-octane, high-energy, high-intensity type play. I think someday if you could get Brian to sit down with you, he may not admit it, but I definitely think Brian looked at that Clare team how they pledged and I think he definitely held them up in his own head as this is where we need to go if we're going to be successful because they brought Hurland to a different level um, so in that regards I think and, and again for me you know as a, you know, a a minor in 96 you know I was up at the All-Ireland in 95 uh, you know Clare were a team that had brought Hurland forward a little bit so they were the they were the, the mark at the time at the time with Offaly and obviously that golden generation of the 90s Hurling and when I think I played one of my first matches with Kilkenny was up in Gorn one evening and that Clare team at the time who were probably slightly on a transition really I think because you yeah. had some of the older crew moved on and then we landed into 
2002 where um, I think Sir Lyons was in charge and uh, we had uh, you know we met them in an All-Ireland final and I think my my memory of that All-Ireland final was we found out the following season was that we had some, got something like 18 or 19 maybe more hooks and blocks that some guy down in Wofford IT had done a study of that match and that Kilkenny had turned over or hooked or blocked or successfully tackled Clare in around 18 or 20 times and a lot of our scores came from that so that was the first maybe of of stats and stuff like that but um, just remembered for a day that you know DJ played two matches in that season and I think he, he got a very famous goal that day and a famous point even um, and look it was it was my first All-Ireland starting and uh, I think I got the honour of making way to give John power a gallop in that, so 97, James, as I mentioned, that was when Clare obviously beat Kilkenny in semi-final and then over the subsequent five matches bringing you through to 06, there was a draw, but Kilkenny came out on top. The sense from afar would be teams going in opposite directions and different eras starting and ending. What's your memory of those matches? Because six in, in that brief time is quite a lot. Yeah, I suppose. Look, I was. I mean, ninety-seven. Um, obviously, we, you know, we we got over Kilkenny um, in the semi-final. Um, Ninety-nine. Joe, we we lost Munster yeah. final to Cork. Um, I missed that game. I'd broken my arm against Tip, and you know, we were kind of at that stage. I'd say, you know, coming to the end because we, you know, we were capable of kind of you know massive performance one day and then been been flat the next. Um, you know, we were lucky to get out of jail against Tip. In the in the draw monster semi final, um, and kind of beat them well in the in the in, in 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 the replay and like that then we met Galway I think in the in the qualifiers, um, you know, got out of jail the first day, um, and then kind of you know played really well kind of I think in the in the in, in subsequent games so we killed Kenny in the semi final and I, I just remember about that game DJ got a, a magical goal and he just caught yeah. a ball just drifted in maybe caught a ball over Liam Doyle and just went in and stuck it and that kind of you know it was a tight enough game I think up to that point and that just you know put a bit of daylight between the two sides um, so that was the first game I suppose when you know Brian, under Brian Cody and the team was kind of coming but Joe I, I remember an awful lot about um, about that game in 2000 that, that Eddie reference in, in Gorn um, because obviously Kilkenny lost the final in 99 to Cork mm. and to me you know Cody learned something from that and when we met Kilkenny in 2000 in Gorn uh, we had trained ridiculously hard um, you know headed that championship block man got the training badly wrong we were you know we just had totally overdone it uh, you know we really overtrained and we went down to play them in a, in a pitch opening in Gorn on a Sunday evening and it was a statement of intent from them because I think they saw us maybe as contenders and it was a case of laid on America here and they just ate us alive. And I remember Mark and Peter Barry and thinking, you know, that he'd about two stone of muscle put on over the over the winter. He'd a pair of thighs on him and they just looked like they'd physically bulked up and, you know, they really meant business that night. And um, I think I was going across the middle, Eddie, early in that second half <laughs> to pick up a ball. And I think it was Michael. I have no recollection of it. I was laid out, concussed. I have no <laughs> recollection of whatsoever of the second half of that game. I just remember walking off the pitch after the game uh, pretty groggily, knowing that we got a hiding. And we did nothing in the two weeks after that um, ahead of the championship match against Tipperary. And look, at they beat us pretty comfortably. Um, but certainly, there was a, to me, there was a, a big change um, from 99 even to 2000. 2000 was... You know, really, statement of intent that, that, that they were coming, they were a force. 
Um, and they certainly physically laid, laid down a marker that night. And we were probably going in different directions, Joe, I think, in terms of, you know, we were coming to the end. Mm. Um, you know, they were they were certainly a team starting out. And we know the journey that they, that, that, that they embarked on. In 2002, it was, you know, again, look, at we, we were... We we did great year in two thousand and one in the sense that we were we did huge work done and we lost a tip by a point um you know down in a real massive championship match down in down in Parky Keeve. Um Nikki I think knew that look we were we were in good shape, it would be serious opposition and we came out the wrong side of it, I know it was fifteen, fourteen or something, and tip went down and won the All Ireland. Um but two thousand and two tip beat us again. We came in through the kind of back door, um but the worst the worst possible start uh, happened in that 2002 final because DJ got a goal let's say inside the first minute and it was one thing to concede a goal to Kilkenny it was worse doubly worse to concede it to DJ because you know everyone the Kilkenny side just seemed to get a foot taller because they knew when DJ was on obviously they were going to be that bit harder to, to, to beat and mm. we were probably chasing that game to be honest but it was, you know Kilkenny I think were pretty much always able to keep us at arm's length um, I think there was one incident right in the second half where Alan Markham caught a ball and I'd made a run and he, he laid it off to me and it was I would say a centimetre from, from my hand and if I'd got that I'd have been in one thing with James McGarry and it might yeah, have brought us back into and given his life um, you know but any time we looked like clawing it back Kenny were able to respond and get right. scores and I think they, they won that game by seven or eight points for a finish and were probably good value for it and sorry um, this, this match in Garant this wasn't even a league match this was just a pitch opening like come down as, as, was, as friendly neighbours kind was, of thing this, this was a challenge show two weeks before the championship right um, you know obviously it was a serious match for us probably our last big match before the before we played tip uh, but we we ran into um, a buzzsaw that night um, Kilkenny just played like a team that's okay we could be meeting these guys later in the year it's laid on a marker right. and they were just so sharp so physically was, strong that night it was a benchmark you know, match for Brian definitely definitely yeah yeah, yeah. We, we got the training wrong as well so I mean it was a you know, for us, we were just tired, totally overtrained. Um, but look, at, they were miles ahead of us that night. And uh, as, as Eddie said, I mean, it was really a, a statement of intent. I think that, you know, I mean, we were we were comprehensively beaten, Joe, and it was a, a real setback for us. And, and we we did nothing, as I said, between that that match and the championship, which is all about just trying to get the energy levels up. Um, and we, you know, to be honest about it, we we were pretty poor against him. We were well beaten. Mm. It obviously was a benchmark, Eddie, if you both remember it all these years on. You wouldn't remember every pitch opening match, I'm sure, so you remember that one. No, geez, yeah, no, I, I, I had a, a particularly enjoyable night because I think DJ DJ fed me about one three. Um so it was it was look, it was it was I think I was the only one that probably played that night that didn't start in the All Ireland final in two thousand. I'm not sure who was missing on the night if it was Brian McAvoy or somebody like that and they played Henry out the half hour line but Henry obviously in 2000 went back inside um, but then you know it was it was something like I said we went down in 2002 as well I think we went down to Ennis in the league and we had a good day we won by four or five but it was the start of we'll say Henry at centre forward and I think he really I think Peter slotted in at centre back and I think he put a huge value on that result because it was away, it was in Ennis. And I think, you know, anytime you went on the road in the league, and it carried as well because I think if you go fast forward to the 2002 All-Ireland final, Martin Comfort and Henry Shefflin started at 14-11 on Lowen and Shawnee Mack. Mm. And again, that was just Brian, you know, seeing what the boys were made of, putting them into competition with two guys like that who were the spine of that team. And again, look, I was marking Frank Lowen. I think 
uh, I'm trying to think who was Gilly was inside and maybe on you know a full full forward and Noel Hickey you know there were matchups that he wanted to test where we were Hmm. So that 0-2 final, you see, we've mentioned 97 Clare win en route to their All-Ireland win. That was a, that was an All-Ireland semi-final. There's the 99 All-Ireland semi-final, which Kilkenny win, and then you've mentioned that pitch opening in, in Garen. 0-2, the final, Jamesy, like, in some respects, it's, it's you can kind of think Clare are older in 0-2. The memory plays tricks, older than they were. Like, you're still only 30 years old in 2002, you know, you're... You're right there in in your prime in, in many respects at a glance and you score four points in that All-Ireland All final. Eddie scores one. But would you compare maybe for us the, I don't know, the intensity and, and even the colour and, and the sense of adrenaline and, and, and belief in 2002 heading into that final versus what I sort of remember, maybe nostalgically or otherwise, but I remember of 97 and 95. It doesn't seem to have been the same energy for whatever reason, Jamesy. Probably not. Um, I think again. Look, we we, we beat Watford. I think in the in the sorry, beat Galway. I think in the quarterfinal, Joe. And um, I think we would Watford then in the in the in the semi final. We had a great record against Watford. Didn't didn't fear them. Um, won the game. And and really, I suppose it was kind of, you know, a year that I suppose you know two thousand and one. I think we had real intent. And and you know, I think we beat Kilkenny actually in the league semi final that year. Lost the league final to Tip. Um, bit of shadow boxing maybe in that one and then and then we lost him in the championship um, and, and our year was over there was no back door in, 2000, uh, in 2001 um, you know 2002 then you know lost in the first round to tip uh, you know and I suppose that was a big big setback so it, it just I suppose look, personally for me I suppose I was struggling as well for form and struggling with injury right. not playing well um, you know so certainly the, the, the build up to the game was more was more low key maybe from our perspective, but the game itself, Joe. You know, if there's certain games that you'd you'd love to have back, mm. I think if you asked any of our team, that that game is right up there because, you know, we felt we just didn't lay, lay a glove and kick any. We didn't break a hurley. That we never, you know, we never got to grips with or got got into the game or got into their faces the way we we maybe needed to. Mm. Um, and as I said, it was the worst possible start. You know, you're, you know, you're geared up for it. And and Henry, I think, put a long ball in. It was looked like it was going wide, and suddenly DJ, then DJ just gets that little deflection on us into the net past Fitzy and you know what I mean straight away you know you know that you you know this is going to be hard fought that you're going to get nothing easy anyway but when you concede probably a softish goal like that and then who you conceded to yeah. um, you know because he was so you know look at he was just look at the greatest player probably that, that, that I played against you know I mean he was he was special and as I said when Kenny when DJ went went well and played well you felt that Kenny played well and that the guy you were American got a foot taller you know so as I said that, that game we just felt or I certainly look back on it and with regrets that we just we didn't perform but it was more that we didn't you know bring the physicality and the intensity and the aggression all the things that you probably wanted to bring and needed to bring to have any chance mm. um, and we and we didn't do that and we probably had a relatively you know I suppose less experienced forward line in the sense that Tony Griffin Tony Carmody um, you know so those guys were playing and maybe you needed maybe a PJ O'Connell and a Conor Clancy and maybe one of the older maybe more experienced warrior kind of um, types you know in, in there and Kilkenny were just as a step bit more maybe mature or seasoned or whatever way you want to put it or at least that's the way it felt for me yeah. um, in, in, in the forward line and right. uh yeah, I think we just, you know, we were chasing it, I think, from the off, Joe. Yeah. And uh, it's it's certainly a game that I'd say that clear team would love to have back. 
Yeah, um, not that we'd have won it, but certainly that we'd have we'd have maybe put up a, a sterner and a stiffer challenge than what we presented on the day. So again, seven times in championship history, 1932, Laurie Maher's final, and then these six times in these nine years. I suppose, Eddie, maybe All-Ireland final aside, uh, maybe one of the more memorable occasions in 2004, Semple Stadium, All-Ireland quarter-final stages, and it's a draw. 113 to 113. It's amazing how the scorelines have changed. 113 apiece between Kilkenny and Clare in All-Ireland quarter-final Semple, and Kilkenny will win the replay 111 to 9 points. Like, Clare scoring 9 points and game of hurling in the replay is kind of an insane one so uh, Semple Stadium it, does that one this is when Anthony Daly's come in uh, yeah. does, does that one stick out in the memory for you the 113 apiece that, Henry Shefflin stuck a penalty over the bar I think in that game yeah I I, <laughs> I remember James you said about they didn't bring the war well they bottled it up for two years and brought it in 04 in the first match in Crow Park it was also the first time we kind of seen a real out and out sweeper in that Alan Markham played as a second six and he really frustrated us because we weren't anyway used to that it was a new concept the rest of the guys were touched tight I do remember uh, all of the Clare <laughs> all the Clare forwards came over to wish me luck before or the Clare backs came over to wish me luck before the ball was thrown in and um, I got a couple of good jostles but I was my sorry, so sorry I'll stop you there all of the individual Clare defenders came up and said something to you well, they, well, they, they physically introduced themselves to me. Uh, about four, four or five of them, definitely four of them. Anyway, before the ball was thrown in, I think it was because I was on Jerry O'Grady, and he was a young guy at the time. And I think they were probably softening me up, but it worked because I was gone at halftime. And uh, so, is that like struggles, a, I think, was that like a, if you dare have a good game here, you'll have us to answer to? I, I don't know it was just it was psychological <laughs> warfare and it worked because I bought it and I was gone at half time but I remember I think John Hine came in and got a goal for Kilkenny and uh, Henry did take a point then to, to square it up I think it was even the same day was that the one Jamesy that I think Tony Carmody or Gilligan hit James McGarry square in the face with a ball from five yards out and it bounced over the bar when it looked as if a goal was really on um, I think yeah, that, it was actually, that, yeah, and Tommy that, I think that game was actually yeah that game was actually in Croke Park the, the, the draw match yeah. and, oh was um, it sorry I thought it was Semple yeah. Croker okay the, the, the replay was in Semple but yeah you're right Eddie I think Tony Carberry had a chance I think it was Tony Carberry from about five yards out yeah and had that gone in and, uh, out. yeah and, and as I said and, you know just hit it the one McGarry and Ferris team stood tall but I think he hit him in the forehead with it I think and, yeah, and was, it bounced over the bar and I think, I think that was that had, the had day that might have over the line was that the day I think that Tommy might have got an early shower? I think. Yeah, Tommy. I, Tommy, correct, I think Tommy got sent off early. I think. Yeah, Tom, got, Tommy. Yeah, got two, two yellows. yellows. Yeah, and um, the only time and, ever. Uh, it, it, it meant then that we um, that we could play as a sweeper, I suppose, and, and and it was still five on five, I suppose, up at um, up at the other end of the field. I came on as I came on as a sub, I think, just before half time, whatever. And uh, yeah, it was look at it was hard fought. It was tough. Yeah. It was intense. What I remember about that game was. We we were mad for extra time, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we, a, yeah. There we, was actually a bit of a, a powwow over that as well. But <laughs> yeah. when we when we went to Torles, I, I remember just it was probably one of the first times that even we introduced. Like we obviously had seen their hands, and we decided to counter us. Now there's there's rumours abound that Willie O'Connor may have been the one that fed the the the, the proposal to Brian. Uh, he wasn't involved, but he suggested that. Jerry O'Grady was going to mark whoever came into the 13 spot. So what we done was Brian put me out 10 
and he put Martin Comfort in 13 and told Martin Comfort that he was to go out and occupy Markham. So basically, you're, you know, if you have someone like Jerry O'Grady was that they detail to mark somebody and you do that and he brings you out and just occupies the sweeper, which we did in the first 20 minutes. And I had the freedom of a whole flank. And I remember, I think I got one, two or that early and even one of the shots I got off hit Markham on the head and went over the bar. Um, and again, it was just something tactical. I think Chaff Fitz made his debut and it just worked for us. It got us into a great position, but we probably didn't bury them enough. <laughs> we didn't get the return that we needed because Claire obviously adjusted then. And once they went and countered us and went straight up, they really, really put us under pressure. And obviously then you have the the famous Jerry Quinn and Henry incident as well. So I'm not trying to stir it up. I'm just saying these were all things that fed into <laughs> the occasion. Yeah. And I will say one last thing. It brought, it teed up the following year. It really, the rivalry is what we're talking about here tonight. I think it really enhanced that rivalry and brought it forward to the next round of the league. So there was a lot of things went on in Turles that day. James, I feel like I should give you a right, right a reply here to, to some of these memories. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Joe, I remember it was my it was my last game in a clear jersey. Wow. Um, I, I again like that. I, I, I came on as a sub. Um, You'd be too modest to say before. you scored the equaliser. <laughs> well, I, I scored the equaliser in the drawn match. Uh, I think got right. But uh, the second game, I, I think we scored nine. I got two points after we given two passes and I was absolutely cleaned and hurled off the field by Tommy Walsh. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so, so it was time, uh, it was time to retire and, and hang up the boots after uh after that but like again Joe it, it was one of those games where Kilkenny got ahead um, were better and should have put the game away left us hanging in there and we were still kind of in the game like not playing well struggling but still hanging on and uh, it was probably a lot less comfortable for Kilkenny than, than, than it should have been but um, right. yeah, I think at the end of the day it was it was a five point hammer maybe in, in, in one sense but it felt closer than that and it was you know, it was a tough, tight, intense game. I think Brian Lohan as well might have pulled his hamstring early on. I think he was gone early. I think Eddie, I don't know if you, I don't know if you can remember that. And the feel that Lohan, yeah, um, maybe so, but I think he stood on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite possibly, yeah, and done a good quite job. Possibly, Jamesy. What was it like? So you're 32. That's your final season. The dynamics of Daly coming in as manager. Obviously, I mean, he's a teammate, and suddenly he's he's the boss. What was that like? Well, I, I kind of had made my mind up to walk away after all three, Joe. You know, just just injury, just kept getting injured and, you know, as I said, was struggling for form. Didn't play well in 01, you know, had a really good year in 01. But 02, you know, didn't really play well. It was very much up and down. Um, 03 didn't play particularly well. And, you know, and, and I kind of made my mind up to walk away after 03. And then Dale was appointed manager and sure the phone call came and there was no way you were going to, um, you were going to turn him down. Um, and I really enjoyed the year. You know, it was just a... I suppose a different kind of, you know, seeing Johnny Glynn come in as physical trainer, or whatever. It was just different, I suppose, from what we've been used to. And uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the year. You know, it was it was, you know, we were we were I thought in a great position heading into the championship opener against Watford. You know, we were we were flying, and I think I pulled my hamstring about two weeks before that, um, and I knew I wasn't starting. But I mean, I remember you know watching the lads train on the Friday night before we played Watford, and if you'd asked me. I just said, put the house on clear that weekend. <laughs> we came out on the Sunday. I got absolutely lamped by Watford. Yeah, uh, never turned up. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was a lot of soul searching, I think, by Delo. And I'd say by the players after that, that we really, we really let him down. But we, we regrouped. 
and um, you know I think we had a kind of good run through the qualifiers and we could have beaten Yeti in the drawing game we certainly had you on the racket yeah, a little bit yeah. if, if Tony had maybe taken that chance I think it was probably it would have probably got us over the line um, and we'd have loved extra time we'd have loved extra time that day because the clear crowd they were there there wasn't too many of them but they were, they were pretty vocal were, yeah. uh, and I think Cody was out at the same time firing your lads up but uh, I think um you know, going to going to the replay probably suited you a, bit, a little bit more because you know you had a chance obviously to to, to figure out what we'd done and and, and regroup and yeah. certainly tactically, uh, Brian got it very much right in the replay. And Jamesy for Anthony Daly to go in with still a lot of the '90s crew there, and you know quite a few of them were still there even for that last Kilkenny game in '06, and maybe that was really the ending of things. But for Daly to go in and, and go from teammate to manager, what? What was his persona? I mean, it probably would have been difficult for him to be kind of disciplinarian as such. He would have had to speak to guys on a level. What's your memory of how he made that transition? Because it's not easy, one, being young, and two, with former teammates. Uh, it, it, look, it probably wasn't, but with massive respect for him, Joe. Um, you know, and, and look, at there was, I mean, again, you know, the type of guy you were talking about, look at Shawnee McMahon, you know, Ollie, Brian, Colin Lynch, you know, Frank. I mean, they were all good trainers, you know, Fitzy, like all fellas that... You know, were self motivated. You know, wanted to win. You know, wanted to perform, and 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 you know, so it wasn't like that. These guys were going to be out drinking, and Dale had to crack the the, the, the whipper. You know, it was nothing like that. Yeah. Um, it was probably just building on the good work, as was it. Maybe Cyril had Cyril had done or whatever. Um, but it was just as I said, there was a real sense of, you know, letting him down ahead of that first round of the championship because I thought we were in a great place. You know, training had gone really well. Training had gone too well, if anything, and there was an assumption, I think. That, you know, it was just going to happen for us rather than making it happen. And, mm. you know, we'd inflicted a fair bit of pain on Watford over the years and they were up for a big time and obviously, you know, had a really good team at the time. Um, and they just got a run on us and, and, and you know, we never came to the fight, I suppose. And that was, I think, the way Dale referenced it afterwards. And, right. you know, you got to come to the fight ready to fight and we just didn't. But we, I, I really enjoyed the year, you know, and, and as I said, um, you know, it was one of the more memorable ones for for, for me, and we we had our chance probably to put the king to the sword that day, and we we didn't take it, and we we paid the price of the replay. Okay, fair enough. And uh, one last one, Eddie. I think you mentioned. Did you say that drawn game and the subsequent win then in 04 That set up the league encounter in 05 So that was tasty, was it? Oh yeah, I I went down to it was a real wet day. I think it was televised on TG Four, and. <laughs> It was even in the warm up. I just said, "Oh, I've never experienced an atmosphere like it." In terms of, just it was a real hostility and a bane for blood. And uh, I was working with a guy from Clare at the time. I remember he, he shouted in the rail at me. He says, uh, "He says you're in for a battle today, or whatever." And I remember uh, in the second, you know, it was hot and heavy, and there was good, you know, wet conditions. So it was a battle, and we, like Brian Cody, was looking forward to it. We expected nothing different, but I can distinctly remember uh, in the first half, maybe or yeah, it was this, no, the second half, a sideline down under the under the far side, and uh, I think Ollie Baker's hurl fell on the ground, and Paddy Mullally picked up pa- Baker's hurl, and Ollie put out the hand, and Paddy just fired it into the stand. <laughs> and next thing, I just saw. Baker's arm swinging and I think his fist fitted right in through Paddy Mullally's guard and burst him or knocked him flat on the ground and there's a bit of pushing and shoving and poor Paddy Mullally had about four stitches on the inside of his eye but I was kind of wrestling with Jerry O'Grady at the time and we jogged in or whatever as this was all going on and there was grand just whatever and hot ball sideline and what was going on and 
I remember kind of uh, Jerry O'Grady and stuff were wrestling or kind of pulling at each other's hurls or just jockeying for position. But I was standing on the end line at the time and I can still, I can feel Dalo's breaths on my neck. He was that close to me on the end line telling Jerry O'Grady to give it to him or whatever. Like, And it was just a real battle. And I think it was a point in the end, I think, if I remember correctly. But it was a great game to just get over the line and it just had everything. And like we were going back on the bus and like they were the matches you relished because mm. and Brian put so much value on those ones going on the road getting a big win and I think he obviously has you know there was there was a story behind it so it just really bubbles up the rivalry and you know obviously in, in 06 then when we collided mm. again in the championship it just brought the best out of both teams the same day again but uh, I, I, I have to say it was a match I will not forget for a long time wow, okay. just a brilliant atmosphere Jamesy nursing a hot coffee in the stand delighted to be away from it at that stage <laughs> yeah quite happy I mean um, obviously look at Tommy JJ Noel Hickey yeah Kavanagh Peter Barry there was uh, plenty of plenty of plenty of physicality that Kikini defence all right so yeah, so yeah quite happy now Joe to be sitting up in the stand at that, at that point <laughs> well we're going to chat about the weekend so Kilkenny Clare once again that's kind of whetted the appetite that, that conversation just there that's half past five Saturday Limerick always Sunday half past three we're back in just one second Eddie Brennan James O'Connor staying with us And you're very welcome back. We are talking GA. We're talking the hurling semi-finals this weekend. Kilkenny Clare on the Saturday half past five. Limerick Galway half past three. Eddie Brennan, James O'Connor have been rem- reminiscing about the Kilkenny Clare rivalry of, of years gone by. If you've just tuned in, it was uh, rather strange in that this is just uh, well, it was seven times in Championship history: 1932 Ireland final, then six times between 97 and 06, and now here we go again. So it's it's novel in some respects, although with that lovely bit of history Jamesy I mean the thing and I think you made this point in your Sunday Independent uh, piece the thing which jumps out about this Clare generation from say 2013's win on is they really haven't played at Crow Park all that often or certainly not as often as they might have thought they would yeah, I mean, Joe, if you'd told me in 2013 coming out of Croke Park that Tony Kelly would be, you know, wouldn't get there back there for five years, I, I wouldn't have believed you. And even since, it's it's taken another four years to get back to to get back to this point. And you know, you were, we're on the cusp of winning our second under 21. Uh, you know, they win a third under 21 in a row the following year, and we've got this in our mind golden generation of players that for whatever reason. Um, it, it didn't happen. Now, a lot of that I suppose, has to do with Parik Maher, Brendan Maher, and you know all those great Kilkenny players. You know Richie, Richie Hogan, TJ, um, etc. That they, they just unfortunately happen to be in the same the same eras. But uh, yeah, you know you, you compare that lack of Croke Park experience with you know what Kilkenny have. I mean TJ has probably played forty plus championship matches in in, in, in Croke Park. It'll be Tony Kelly's fourth. You know that that's an incredible statistic. Yeah, I, I just can't uh, believe that Tony Kelly. Well. Tony Kelly's played at Crow Park as a senior hurler three times. How it's incredible. It is, yeah. And, and, and as I said, especially, you know, when when they win the first All Ireland so early, you know, you you just think that, but from a clear perspective, I was gearing up for you know years of monster finals and <laughs> trips to Croke Park and, and big days out. And, uh, and there's a thesis probably in there somewhere. Uh, I think I said on Sunday that that, that it, it just didn't happen. But it is what it is, and. I think look at the lads maybe now they're older you know David McInerney John Conlon Shane O'Donnell you know Tony the, the lads that were there maybe in 2013 um, you know I, I I think they they appreciate it all the more you know the effort and the work that it's taken yeah. to, 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 to get back here and I think one thing about Clare teams in Croke Bar Joe that 
you know, traditionally when we've gotten there, you know, we've performed and played well. We might have always won, but, you know, stage fright hasn't been an issue. And certainly my team, like we love Croke Park, you know, we always felt it was it was our field. We, we performed there, we played well there. Um, and obviously the last 2013, you know, didn't exhibit any stage fright either. So, mm. so you'd certainly be hoping that, you know, for Jim Ryan and Rory Hayes and all those guys that maybe, you know, haven't played a big match, in, a big championship match in Croke Park, that, you know, they'll perform and they'll play they play well and they won't they won't be over overawed or you know inhibited by the by the occasion so that's that's certainly something you know historically is that you're you're hoping um carries on mm. you said in your piece six of them have never played at crow park before again which is Jesus. extraordinary really one of the conversations which popped up last week on the show was about Derry playing at crow park and how crow park would impact on their football and uh, the point was made as is so often made that the dimensions are not actually that different at Crow Park but speaking to different footballers they said that it's more the surface plays faster as much as anything and so the game is a different game because everything is so much faster so I'm wondering you know Jamesy I always remember you saying that you loved Semple Stadium you felt Semple was a real forwards pitch what does Crow Park do to a hurling game I mean, like does it speed it up the same way it does in football or what's the big difference if any well the old Crow Park show in 95 uh, Lagnan would narrow the dimensions of Cusick Park in we say, so when we, when we got out of Munster um, you know we had to narrow the sidelines came in in Cusick Park to, to, to mimic Croke Park you know the old Croke Park was much tighter and there'd be line balls plenty in, in training um, heading up to the heading up to the game but obviously the new Croke Park is like Turles loads of space um, you know obviously it's a, it's a fast pitch but it won't be too dissimilar to yeah. the you know Parky Keeve or Turles or you know what I mean? Um, Cusack Park and Ennis even is, is is a relatively big pitch. Um, it might look like that in the television, but it's there's loads of space in it. You know, it, it feels big. So, so I mean, in, in that sense, you know, I, I'd imagine it's much different for the footballers where it's bigger than Clonus and it's bigger than you know maybe Salt Hill or whatever. Mm. Um, but from a hurler's perspective, I, I don't think it'll make um, it'll make any any great difference. And the ball, anyway, the way the, the game they're playing now, it's ball to hand. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So you know, in, in that sense, it's not an issue. Yeah, I, I suspect we probably overdo the Crow Park thing anyway, Eddie. But particularly when it comes to hurling, it makes less of a difference, or no? I think I think all this stuff is probably as much optics in your mind as well as anything else. I think it's probably the space and the sideline contributes to that a little bit because the crowd is back for me a little bit. Um, I remember taking on kind of that thing of looking at all the sizes of the pitches a few years ago and I think Crow Park is the full maximum I think is a 145 by or one by 90 metres whereas other places Thurless is maybe a metre or two narrower but it's full length Nolan Park is slightly narrower and slightly shorter but in Nolan Park then your stands are right in on top of you so I think it's as much the optics of it. I think when you look across and you see loads of grass in front of you, it may not be the full width of the pitch, but Crow Park then is the absolute perfect surface. It's it's kind of high in the middle and, and just floats out to the side. So I think it's when you're on one wing and you look across, there's just that that vision of being a long way across to the far side and trying to cover off that space. Hmm. Um, but look, it's uh, as the surface goes, that and, and, and Torless as well, like there's great surfaces on them for hurling if the ball has been delivered good, you know. So what aspects are looming large in your mind, Eddie, ahead of Saturday, the winning and losing of this game? Um, I think, look, obviously, I think Clare have a fairly strong team a, a very settled team as well like I think and, and their bench it's kind of you know what you're going to get with them coming down the straight a few impact subs and that but I think there's a number of areas that you're going to have to look at I think 
Uh, I think Ivor Quilligan, to me, this season, I, I wasn't really giving him credit last year, but this season he has brought his game right up behind Nicky Quaid's in terms of his distribution of puckouts. Uh, he seems to have that little move where he's able to find David Fitzgerald and even Ryan Taylor when they break out from the outside on their own and, and hit them with that. And, you know, you have even a stat there, I think, maybe back in the Munster final where they got 12 points directly off puckouts that he struck where he was able to find the man and put the ball over the bar. So he's a threat. I think the Kilkenny team are going to have to be very much concentrated on that because he has the range to go short, long. He can go really long into Peter Duggan as well. So um, my concern would be if if uh, if he's on his game and is able to hit his men and Croke Park does give him plenty of space to hit. But equally, if um, if the clear forwards kind of move around a little bit or they, they maybe drop the ball in around the middle and carry it, I think that could, you know, maybe try isolate a Kilkenny back in space. Like, I mean, I think if they do something like that, it, it could test Kilkenny. Whereas I think if they set up... You know, I think the way maybe they set up against Limerick, you know, they kind of almost mimicked Limerick or shadowed Limerick, mirrored them really. Mm. I think that I think if they go kind of that man-to-man thing, I think that will suit Kilkenny a little bit. But they have so many options up front. I think the Kilkenny backs, this is going to be the ultimate test. I thought they'd done really well in the Leinster final. Communication and how they covered each other. But this is going to be a, a, a test way above that because Galway's movement was poor in that Leinster final. So I think um, my my concern is that uh, they have to. Kilkenny will like to keep their shape, and if Clare start moving them all over the place, I think they've done that in the league semi final maybe in sixteen a few years ago. It was wing forwards bombing up. So I think uh, whereas Kilkenny will like to keep a good structure to the to the pitch, and I think Limerick. I thought they've done that a little bit against Limerick. Okay, Tony Kelly and Ryan Taylor get the freedom, but I think with with Duggan as a target man in there. And whoever playing off of me, you know, that they, they are a potent unit. Jamesy Clare played very well through the Munster Championship and then got out of jail touch against Wexford. So what's looming larger in your mind? Yeah, I think, well, I think they played five really good matches in Munster, Joe. You know, I was really impressed. I mean, from day one against Tip, you know, they were at it. They, they, they hurled well, played really well against Cork. Obviously, the two games against Limerick, even Watford, minus you know, the few starters that De Bruyne rested. Um, and I suppose, look, there was always going to be, you know, an emotional toll phys- and a physical toll, I suppose, exactly with the Munster final that made us vulnerable the, the, the last day. But certainly, there'd be a concern in Clare that, you know, what we delivered against Wexford won't be good enough um, against Kilkenny because even though, you know, we all scored Wexford River, it was 192 points, you know, in the last 15 minutes. I mean, Wexford mistakes, you know, certainly helped us. And, uh, you know, we... We simply can't afford to, you know, to, to to not perform for as long as we did, cough up the goals that we did, um, and, and get away with it. So, look, I think the lads themselves know that. Look, there was a relief that we got over the line, not playing well. There was obviously positives to take out of it, given that when the game was there to be won, we found something. When it didn't appear that we were, it was going to be our day. Um, but I think the lads know that, you know, against Kilkenny, Joe, they don't give you anything. You know, you have to earn it. Um, you know, Kilkenny will bring what Kilkenny always bring in terms of the intensity, the work rate. Brian will have analysed the, the, the team as well. He'll try to get the matchups right, and they'll probably feel as well. The look of maybe Clare are vulnerable under that high ball, you know, and Kilkenny have the guys to exploit that. So that's a concern that you know, if, whether it's TJ or Owen Cody or Walsh or whatever inside, that you know, we have to do 
a better job than we certainly did against against Wexford of of handling that. Um, but games sometimes don't pan out the way you know you think they will. I mean, we could cope admirably with the high ball and 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 get caught then where you know they run at us and, and create overlaps or whatever. You know what I mean? So I I just think Clare have to have to bring it from the off show that like Kilkenny have lost the last two Ireland semi-finals and Brian's record you know prior to that was impeccable um, and I mean if you were a Kilkenny player you know heading in Owen Murphy or you know whether it's Hugh Lawler or whatever the, the prospect of losing a third Ireland semi-final in a row which is the worst time the worst game to lose um, you know that that's not something you want to contemplate and I know I mean going back to my own career you know having lost the Munster final in 93 94 we were absolutely hell-bent that it wasn't going to happen in 95. So they'll be hugely motivated to make sure that they get back to the the, the, the final. So hmm. look, at I think Claire, everyone in Clare is under no illusions how tough it's going to it's going to be. And that said, you know, I think if we can get back to the form that we showed in the Munster final, you know, I think we have the guys that can trouble Kilkenny. You know, Tony obviously is in, in an incredibly rich vein of form. And, you know, do Kilkenny man-mark him? Do they... Do they trust that they can hand him off and, and you know that someone else will pick him up when he, when he drifts out the field um, Shane O'Donnell could end up on the edge of the square giving you something different you know and we, we, we've got guys up front that you know and, and, and guys coming off the bench as well that, that you know that have to be watched and have to be handled so we certainly feel I think that we've, we've got enough firepower if we play well mm. to win the game but we're going to have to play well and um, we're there no illusions as to how, how difficult it's probably going to be Eddie, I guess with Kilkenny we're into maybe a, a sort of extended period of transition as they as they look to rebuild and go again. Are they getting better? You know, if you take it from that 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 win against Limerick in nineteen was a real maybe high point for Cody personally, and then the two semi final defeats over the last two years. Would you say Kilkenny are a better team than they were last year and a better team than they were the year before? They, they're kind of a tricky team to get a read on in some respects. Yeah, they are, Joe, and and I think you know one of the concerns I have too is that. You know, some of you know Owen Cody is is, is class in my view, and it, one of the the players of the future that we're going to be building our, our attacking threats around. But he has been curtailed. You know, teams have managed to nullify his influence. So the the problem there, as I would see it, or the issue that Kilkenny need to do is they need to ensure that they're able to supply him and feed him and get him into positions where he can do harm. Uh, the Kilkenny forwards probably haven't been playing with confidence that you'd like. I think you're going into an All Ireland semi final. A little bit hopeful that things will happen, as opposed to saying, "Yeah, do you know what? Our forwards are actually." Uh, so that's to me is the issue is that they, they they need to hit the ground running. They need a huge performance from our forwards. Then we need a forward to go mad on the day and hit that one three one four kind of game and know that TJ is going to hit all the frees. But um, I think you know Brian has occasionally pulls a card out of his sleeve and do something a little bit unusual. So it could be the position of somebody a little bit different. I mean, I've spoken long about how I would like to see TJ and on Cody in there or, you know, just mix it up a little bit, put thinking because I think we're a little bit predictable to play against. I mean, I agree with Jamesy. Look, with a Brian Cody team, effort and battle is, is not going to be an issue. Mm. But it's just the, maybe the, the game smarts and being identified. I think that's why um, I think this is why we're probably a little bit more hopeful. I, I give them every chance. I'm Jesus, look, I want nothing else only Kenny to win. I think we need a big performance. And maybe I'm hoping that we're on the brink of that because this is the stage that you have to do it now. And I think we need a few lads to just really let the handbrake off on Sunday a little bit because 
like I said, they're Brian. I think out now, there's no way Tony Kelly is going to be given the freedom of lads handing them off. I would fully, I'll be shocked if there's not somebody detailed for him because he will look at him and say he has to be stopped from having an influence on the match right to minute 73. But equally, Shane O'Donnell and co are doing harm. So there's big pressure on our backs and, and the team as a whole. But it's how they how they set up and how they tackle clear and maybe get on a roll. But we need a big performance. And, and that performance, unfortunately, that polished, confident performance hasn't been there to date. Mm. So we know what the heart says, Eddie. Who do you see winning? I do. I think I do. I've, I've a feeling we're going to we're going to sneak it because I suppose maybe I'm hopeful that we're going to deliver a big performance because they need to know. Um, I think we need really Owen Murphy on top of his game in his deliveries. Um, but I definitely think that um, it's going to have to be that nine out of ten performance from a lot of players. We need someone, like I said, we need somebody to shoot the lights out from play, somebody to have a bolter of a game, and then to get something off our bench because. If Clare mix it up and bring a few lads on, we've seen in the last couple of matches, I think they got one, four and three in the Munster final off their bench. So they have a bit of quality there. But I just have a feeling Kilkenny might just edge it out. Um, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Jamesy, what's your feeling? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I give us a great chance, Joe. Uh, I mean Kilkenny I, I've seen Kilkenny three times this year and I, I, I still don't know what to make of them because I thought they were excellent against Dublin. But you know, you're then wondering where Dublin's form is at in in Northern Park for the Wexford match. Uh, you know, Kilkenny got very one-dimensional very early, um, and and didn't play well. And it was a, a big step back. And the Leinster final was a really hard watch. I watched it back again this evening, and you know there was no pattern, no flow to it. But it was just Kilkenny, you know, staying in the fight, working incredibly hard, getting turnovers, winning frees, and TJ Nail and everything that he that, that, that he looked at, and a really honest performance. But even looking at Kilkenny, you're wondering, you know, does Brian know his, his first choice 15? He's had four weeks, which I think is massive in terms of being able to play those those matches and train and probably where, you know, guys get a chance to, to show what they're doing. And he probably has a better idea, you know, of what his best 15 maybe um, is heading into heading into Sunday. But I, I just think there's something about us this year, Joe. Um, you know, there's maybe hopefully unfinished business with Limerick, although Gallo might upset the apple cart on, uh, on Sunday. And uh, I, I think that you know, if our guys play well, I think we, we just might have a bit more um, in attack. But just hoping they, that, 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 you know, that they turn up. And if they do, and if they bring what they brought against Limerick, hopefully it'll be enough. OK, well, listen, that's beautifully wet the appetite for Saturday's game, half past five. We'll talk Limerick Galway later in the week. But Eddie Bredin, James O'Connor, that was great. Thanks so much. I'm off to try and dig out the 2005 league match between Kilkenny and Clare after this conversation. <laughs> that's my that's my yeah, board to call here. Oh, you'll enjoy that one, Joe. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks very much. See you, fellas. All the best. Cheers, Joe. Cheers, Eddie.